1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 161 of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Sunday evening. In fact, it's currently the bottom of the eighth inning. The Braves lead the Mets by a 7-3 score. So if something crazy happens over the next few minutes, we will definitely break back in to talk about it. But uh, for time reasons, we are recording because this this was a late game and and there was a rain delay to boot. So uh, myself and my guest this week, I I guess co-host, whatever you want to say, Eric Cole is here, and uh, we're talking about the Atlanta Braves. So, uh, what's up, man?
2: I feel like that every time there's like a rain-delayed game that's late is a game is a day where I'm gonna have to do a podcast. <laughs> I'm beginning to think, and it's not just it's not just this one. It's happened on Road to Atlanta, like both iterations of it. It seems like every time that there's that, that's happening, there's like some late game that's happening, and it's I don't know. I feel like I'm a little cursed.
1: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, they they started this thing off at like seven thirty-five, seven forty, so it wasn't wasn't crazy, but even, you know, all, all the beat writers, Gabe and McAlpin and those guys were uh, throwing the uh, frustration around as the rain was coming down earlier in the day. And, of course, the headline in the sports world was Tiger Woods winning the Masters, which is too perfect given everything that happened. It overall. really is. And the crossover like, was, with the Braves.
2: I was driving back from Atlanta when I, when, uh, when they were calling the game, calling the Masters. <laughs> I was just laughing the whole time, like just trying to imagine what's going on on Twitter while I was driving.
1: Yeah, uh, Scott got some love. As you might imagine, there were some people uh, shouting Scott out for his contributions to Tiger winning the Masters, <laughs> um, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed.
2: Yeah, you're uh, welcome, Tiger. You're welcome, Tiger. You're welcome. Yeah, uh,
1: that was a lot of fun. We, we could probably talk about the Masters for a while. That's a, a big sporting event in my life, but we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it for now. You can probably get that content. Elsewhere, but it was cool that Tiger won, considering all the Brave stuff that has happened. Um, Alright, well, let's start off the pod, and uh, hopefully that when, we, when we're we done with this topic, the game will be over, and we'll talk about the game as well. But um, Ozzy Albies signed an extension this week. It was on Thursday... We couldn't do an emergency podcast, but you and the, and the guys over at Road to Atlanta did cover this a little bit um, that evening, which I appreciate. So If you listen, if you missed that podcast, go back and listen to it. It's on the same feed as this one, and uh, it's definitely worth listening to, independent of Ozzy Albee's talk for all the minor league, um, r- I guess, rumblings and information that you possibly could possibly need. So um, all that to say, I haven't talked about this yet in a public forum, and I haven't written about it or anything. So uh, I'm going to ask you first, just for your your top-level thoughts when you saw the deal come down, did you have the same reaction that everybody else did? It was that it was basically it seemed like that was going to be like a misprint and where something was gone terribly wrong in the math somewhere. Cause that's kind of where anybody, everybody that I saw and was following live on Twitter kind of had the same reaction of that can't possibly be right.
2: I think the first tweet that I made about it was that he, I thought that uh, Anthopolis had dirt on Albies or something, because I, we were, we were talking about this in the chat in the, the talking chalk um, slack room is that you know, the extension, like there's this extension that's out there. We don't know the amounts yet, and we're all kind of guessing. And it seemed like a lot of people were in the same $60 million range. He wasn't going to get as much money as Acuna, but, you know, we thought that somewhere maybe that $60 million range, considering, you know, he you know, had the extra year, and if you're going to do the extension, maybe you're getting an extra free agent year, so it was going to be around – that 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 number seemed about right. You know, you could you know, you could quibble over, you know, how much over or under. But when I saw it was $35 million, I, First, I thought it was I thought it was either fake or someone had, like, you know, just put a three instead of a five or a six or something. But that's what the number is, and I'm just going to get this out of the way. This is obviously a great deal for the Braves, and they do this deal 100 times out of 100. Like, no, no question in my mind. And, you know, the, any negativity about, like, the overall, like, how this deal is necessarily fair to Ozzy or players like Ozzy, does not change the fact that the Braves should have absolutely done this deal if it was available to him and Ozzy was willing to sign it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, I want to do this from, from kind of every angle, and that is a good thing for you to lay out at the, at the top of this thing. Um, we'll, and we'll go, we'll go through it all, to be honest with you. Um, the details on this, by the way, tw- the, this year, $1 million for Ozzy. 2020, $1 million. 20, 20, 2021, $3 million. And 22, $5 million. 23, $7 million. 24... $7 million, twenty-five. $7 million. That's the end of the contract. And then you have two club options for $7 million each, 2026 with a $4 million buyout, and then 2027, a $7 million option. That is a long, long time from now. And $7 million options are uh, comical. That kind of made this deal even more ridiculous. I'm, that's frankly.
2: what was crazy to me. I thought the, the two options at the end were going to be like, you know, like, 15 plus or something. Well, like that's that. what
1: that would possibly, you know, any rational thought would be that those options were pretty expensive. I'm going to bring up a comp a, a comp a little bit later of Scott Kingery. Um, and it's his deal with um with Philly was was less um, overall in terms of guaranteed money, but his club options were much, much more lucrative at the end. And he had not played a single baseball game to hit at that point in time in the major leagues when he signed it. So the club, the club options are insane. It's, it's sort of the same thing as a Acuna deal. I know we talked about this a lot um, in terms of Ronald Acuna previously, you know, and kind of hilariously on that podcast that we did the deep dive on Ronald Acuna, I said at that moment that if the Braves had signed that exact deal for Ozzy Albies, I would be thrilled with that deal, and then he signed for a third of the guaranteed money. Yeah, so, that's
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just pretty, in, pretty insane in a lot of ways. And that's kind of the top line. I'm glad you, I'm glad you led with that just because it's clearly a bargain deal for the Braves. It's incredibly team friendly. I want to be sensitive to all the sides of this thing. I, I know people were bothered by my language that I used the last time talking about Ronald Acuna and calling it a heist. Uh, I want, I want to be very clear no one is making these guys do it it's not a robbery uh, it's robbery in the sense of um it's a great deal for the Braves but that's more of a uh, it's more of a slang term in this way i'm not saying that he was actually robbed um just want to be clear want to be clear on that
2: well there's there're just some people that are just waiting for some someone to say something that could be perceived a certain way based from certain people so that they can get all up in arms about well, And
1: something. that's and that's fine i mean it's not it's not a big deal actually i mean i got, I got a lot of people that were reasonable honestly that i talked to more, more about Aussie deal with that we're just having like, I guess more of a misunderstanding with my language. So I wanted to be clear and just say like, just as we said repeatedly with the Acuna deal, I understand why the player would sign the contract. Ronnie, it's even more easy to see. He signed for a $100 million guarantee. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Um, Obviously $35 million is a lot of money as well. Not It's not a hundred million. Crazily, as much as we were favorable in saying the team friendly deal um, and sort of the team friendly nature of the Acuna deal, this one's even more team friendly in my opinion. Which is yep. kind of crazy. Um, and just for a little bit of context here, uh, Jeff Passett, I know I, I sort of use this example a little bit, talking about it on Twitter, and people push back like, "That's just one man's opinion." I'm like, no, it's it's really not. Uh, but <laughs> Jeff Passett from ESPN. Uh,
2: hold on, there are there is like, I think John Heyman is the only person that I saw that was a national writer who, by the way, seems to be more of a mouthpiece for agents than anyone else than anything else. Like, that's the only national writer that wasn't like. Dear God, this is really the extension they got Albies for? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, just you can see all sides and understand that, yes, you're guaranteeing $35 million to a player that is still very young and maybe could flatten out. But um, in Albies' case, he's already proven at the major league level. I know he cooled off last year, but last year was his his, his first full season, and he was uh, definitely worth um, you know, a eight, eight digit an eight figure salary for a, as a rookie um, to, that and that's like the mild interpretation. That's just like the most pessimistic way you can put it. Um, so anyway, John, uh, Jeff Passan, who is, if not the number one, he's definitely in the top two with Ken Rosenthal in terms of guys who are respected as reporters in the industry, breaking news, all that fun stuff, has has great sources, clearly. Passing I won't. I won't read the entire thing, but um, this is the the headliner. Is that he's now heard from executives, players, analytics people, development people, and scouts who are saying the same thing, and that is that Ozzy Alba's extension might be the worst contract ever for a player. That is not hyperbole. He went on to say that at worst he's a solid everyday player, which I agree with. That's me. I'm agreeing with that. That's just me saying this. But from there. Passon said, likely you're an all-star caliber, and he gives away four four free agent years, up to four free agent years, and keeps Albies under keep control for his entire prime, basically up to his age 30 season, maxing out at $45 million over nine years. And I quote, it's staggering in every respect, end quote. So, I know that's one person, but he's also gathering a lot of information, and he was not alone by any means. Um no. Nate Silver, who used to do this for a living, baseball, before <laughs> moving into the politics realm, um, said he went a little bit further than I probably would go and say... Um, he thinks that uh, Ozzy's agency basically should fire him as a client if, uh, for, for accepting the deal. That's pretty uh, pretty strong, but it's just <laughs> someone who is respected. You know, Nate used to do this. That's where he made his bones, um, someone who understands baseball. And the last one, before I hand it to you uh, again, Eric, I promise I'm not going to be this long-winded all the time. Oh, you're fine. I like my apologies you. Uh, <laughs> Dan Zimborski, who is uh, well known in talking shop circles, he's uh, he's been in the comments before. Uh, prominent writer, FanGraphs, ESPN, uh, big time numbers guy, he was he's he's the creator of Zips, the projection model. He had over the nine million over the nine years, I should say, o- o- Ozzy Albie's projected for two hundred and eighty-two million dollars over nine years. And one more time, two hundred and eighty-two. Million dollars, and I understand that that is a projection right now that could obviously change, and you would never. Most extensions wouldn't cover all that money, but the gap between 35 and 282, uh, or sorry, 45 and 282, is um, unbelievable. That's probably the way I put that. So that's 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 a lot of information, and there's plenty more. I, I left probably five examples on the cutting room floor that I didn't want to use on this podcast. But if I throw all that back to you, Eric, where do we go from here?
2: Well, I think for starters that there is the the one narrative that made some amount of sense to me in terms of like this whole Braves payroll. You know, the, one of the reasons that they maybe didn't want to make a long term commitment was because there was a certain amount of uncertainty when you have guys like between you know basically most of the pitching staff and you have guys like Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albie's who are both young, going to hit arbitration you know in the next couple of years. And could make a lot of money in arbitration because we've seen really big arbitration raises recently. You know, Mookie Betts got a bunch of money. Nolan Arenado got a bunch of money before he signed his extension. I mean, we're seeing, and you know, Chris Bryant's going to get paid even though you know he hasn't been quite as good, and he wasn't. He's not in quite the same trajectory as he was on. You know, these there's people who are getting a lot of money, and there's a certain amount of truth to the fact that you have to kind of account for that if you want to, you know, structure your payroll the way you want to. But now the brands have no excuses. I mean, like they help, they'll have faulty in and arbitration, you know, I guess maybe, you know, I guess Dansby could be a minor issue in terms of arbitration and something like that. They have no excuses as to like what their long-term commitments are going to be and how to pay these guys. They have, you know, they have Ronnie and Ozzy under a contract, you know, until, you know, they're close to 30 years old that at this point they can't say, sorry, we're just not sure how much we're going to have to spend on these young guys. They know exactly how much, and it's very, very little. People were talking the, – the, the narrative that I didn't enjoy listening to on Twitter when this first happened was that all these people were complaining about them saving money in the offseason. Look what they did with that money. This Save was not money. them the, – the, the, <laughs> this was not them using that money. No. I hate this that. Was them sa- the, this was them saving more money.
1: No, I mean this, it's, the, the, it's, it's a credit to – if you want to give Liberty Media and Anthopolis some credit for investing in the future and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, in a perfect world, there is minuscule risk, I will say. But I guess if you want to be literal about it, there is, I guess, a little bit of risk. Every single franchise in Major League Baseball would sign these contracts. even the, Even the poorest of teams that have low payrolls would sign these two contracts because they are so incredibly team friendly. But if you want to give some credit... That's okay. What, what so? But to your point, and we said this about Acuna as well, this does not absolve anything from this past winter. I know it's a, it's a great PR thing. It's a great thing for the organization to lock these guys up. Again, yep. it's a great thing for the organization, point blank, period, to lock these guys up for the future. But what it doesn't do is, A, forgive them for the winter because they didn't spend any more money now. Their payroll is still lower than it was last year. Nothing has changed about that. And, B, it doesn't make them be it doesn't make them spend in the future it allows them to spend if they want to spend more it definitely will open up a lot of doors for the future to have these guys on bargain contracts but as we've seen now this year that doesn't mean they're going to spend i mean we we can assume they'll spend all day long but you know all the shop all the shop in every aisle stuff and this uh they were ready to spend in 2019 that, that didn't happen i understand this is great pr for them and again it's fantastic for the organization moving forward they still didn't spend the money this year and they're still running a lower payroll in 2019. So throw that narrative out the window for me.
2: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just, I thought it was really disingenuous the people that were saying that, you know what I mean? Is. Like it's just like it was like, like basic math wasn't being done, but that's but the other point that I kind of want to get, that the other side of this is like, you know, obviously this deal can be perceived in a vacuum as like not being good for Ozzy, the player or Ozzy, the person. But the one thing that I've thought about was that, Aussie in particular – well, two things. One is that we're kind of existing in a weird world where a lot of these extensions are being signed right now by young players because there's a very uncertain – a very large amount of uncertainty in the labor market as to whether or not there's going to be a strike once the CBA expires. And that's because of how free agency has been handled, how young players have been compensated. And if you're a young player and you think that you foresee a strike coming down the line, you need to get your money up front because you don't really know what those what, – what things are going to look like. After that CBA nego- is nego- negotiations happen, whether or not there's a, a work stoppage or not. The other thing is that in Ozzy's case, oh by the way, the Braves just won seven to three. By the way, um, and in Ozzy's case, he's probably more sensitive to the non guaranteed money that it comes from those first you know those first six years or so in baseball because he's a guy that had a pretty severe injury in the minor leagues. He yeah. he basically broke the tip of his elbow off on a swing. And it wasn't like a foul or anything. It just broke. And he, I would imagine, is a little more sensitive to, to the fact that all it takes is one injury and all these projections and all this talk about how much money he could have made goes out the window. Because if he had a, a career-ending injury or something that, you know, hampered his speed or just, you know, maybe it was a wrist injury, that like so, so anything like that, that hampered his production, all of a sudden everything changes. And if and I could see in his situation where he could be like, "Look, I had have this offer in place. I really want to play with Acuna. I really want to play with this team for a long time. This is the organization I've grown up with, and this is the offer they're willing to make me. And I'm fine with that. That I, I understand it. I'm. Mean, it's crazy that he signed it. I, I'm, I'm more surprised that the Braves didn't offer more to start with. But you know, we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes in terms of you know you know whether it be finances or whether it be kind of what they what what they value guys at." And more importantly, and this is, I said the same thing when the Acuna deal came down, is that this doesn't mean that in the last year of this contract, this is what Ozzy's going to be making. If Ozzy continues to produce and if Acuna continues to produce and they feel the need that they need to renegotiate things to keep these guys happy, that can still happen too on the flip side. I'm yeah, a little skeptical. Yeah, that, they, they did that with the Trout deal. They've done that with other – I mean, the deals across baseball, this has happened before. If they want to try to keep a guy for a long time and they want to kind of make them happy and they want to kind of – work things around they this is not something that's written in stone necessarily it's just a guarantee for the player and again it's a little bit different when it's free agency when like they feel like they have to accept a bad deal because no one else is offering anything and it feels like you know that all that collusion stuff like you know everyone's offering me the same deal i guess i have to take this one this is an extension they guys, these guys didn't have to take this so i'm just more genuinely surprised that ozzy took it more than anything
1: yeah i mean one of the things that's been out there is, like, anyone is the, um, I guess the, I don't want to use narrative again, but I guess I can't think of a better word. It's just saying that anyone who criticizes the deal on the player side is, like, belittling Albies. And I'm, it's not it's not that. I'm not, it's not criticizing Albies at all. I would criticize his agent, to be honest with you. I think it's really bad agent work by whoever's representing him, that I will say. But to everything that you said, the injury, the non care you know all the this is real money and he's now you know him and his family he even he even said in his press conference that his family is now you know it was about it was about him his family being safe i believe is the word that he used and set up that yep. way i t- i totally get that again i said the same thing with acuna from the player standpoint um, acuna i even said i went as far as to say that i can't say that i wouldn't have accepted the deal because you know, 100 million dollars a hundred million dollars you you can know what your market value is but if somebody puts a hundred million dollars in your face, you, you know, I have no problem with someone taking it. it does, that doesn't change the, the fact that it's team friendly and to a comical degree, but I understand that all is more team friendly um, because of just the sheer numbers of it. But as you again, mentioned the, the injury is something we have to keep in mind here. And, It's a lot of money, man. $35 million is a lot of money. So I'm not, nobody's mad at Ozzy. Like, I I hope he's happy about it. I think he appears to be happy about it. So, no shade whatsoever at at, at Albies. I think it's bad agent work, and I think it's not good for, you know, labor stuff in a a big picture sense. I said the same thing about Acuna, and this one's actually probably worse. And that was a lot of the stuff that you were reading, you know, people that do this professionally, that analyze this stuff, were basically saying this is really, really bad for players in general. That does not mean it's bad for Albies because he gets this money. But without going too deep into this and saying it over and over again, it's just it's just not great for a guy to sign for a fraction of his of his market value, which is what he basically did here. So I, I get it. I'm, I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna break in for a second. Something pretty hilarious happened. Uh-oh. Major Major League Baseball just tweeted out huge day for the at Braves hashtag Sunday Night Baseball. And what do we have here? The Tiger Woods meme staring right at me.
1: You're kidding.
2: <laughs> I am not the,
1: the official account. Oh yeah, the
2: official account. I'm looking at Tiger Woods in a Braves hat too, (laughs) and and it has. Oh
1: my god! (laughs) I found. Sorry, people have already seen this when when they listen to this, but um, I I I have nothing to say about that. I mean, I feel like we should patch Scott in. I don't I don't even know where Scott is, but uh, that is unbelievable. Um, that's too good every time it reaches for a different place like you know it, the braves official account tweeted it out last time uh, bowman tweeted it out for the first time today uh, as part of the rain delay thing
2: oh, oh, oh yeah no uh, the braves tweeted out uh, a picture of tiger uh, uh, in a braves hat uh, congratulating him on winning the masters
1: too today so. Oh my gosh Um sorry so yeah we, we're, we're getting derailed that, that was a, that was a good break in um okay where were we oh <laughs> anyway but yeah all that to say you know shouts to ozzy i'm happy for him uh, totally he's he's now set financially presumably for life and that's a really really cool thing to have happen for anyone that doesn't change the fact that it's team friendly but it, it is worth uh, emphasizing that over and over again that no one made him sign it he signed it and he's an adult and he, know, he knows what he's doing and he just guaranteed himself a lot a lot of money so no shade oh, oh. towards i want
2: i want to ask you a question given yep. the context of what we're working in right now would you extend dansby and or camargo and what do you think those extensions would look like if they happened
1: yeah, I was talking to someone that's been on this podcast. I will not say who. It's not you, and it wasn't Scott. Someone that is not right for Talking Chop about this um, exact thing. And we were saying, basically, that there are five or six players in the organization that I would do this exact same contract for right now. If if it was a yes or yeah. no, if it, if it was a yes or no proposition, here's the contract. Would you say yes or no to this if you're, if you're the Braves, I would say yes for five or six guys. That includes Dansby, that includes Camargo. I would do this deal for Austin Riley. And I'm not even I'm not even an Austin Riley guy. I would do this deal for Austin Riley today. Yeah. Pre pre arrival in the Major League Baseball. That tells you because I'm on record as like not being super high on Austin Riley. And I would do this deal for Austin Riley right now. Um pitchers, I mean, is a very obvious one. You would do that in in a second for faulty um, Yeah, he he won't do. I he won't do that. I, mean, he he wouldn't do that, that I-, I wouldn't think. But I was just yeah, saying about the way I like, arbitration's <laughs> gone for him. Is yeah, no way. I yeah, no, he wouldn't. I'm just saying. Um, I think you know the more interesting one for me because I think it's kind of a no brainer for Swanson and Camargo. Frankly, yeah. Um Maybe you disagree. But before we get to that, I oh, think no, you I'm, might I'm consider in. it for like some of the young pitchers, like Tukey. Or Kyle Wright. Like I know that's I know that's riskier. That's that's where it becomes more of a more of a risk. More P- of a, pitchers are
2: trickier. Yeah, I know it
1: is, and that, that's why I'm saying this. It's definitely more of a risk, but at the exact same time, that just the fact that I'm even debating this, and I am way on record as saying pitchers are something that I don't want to invest in, and big big money contracts, all that fun stuff. That kind of tells you how friendly this deal is that I would even consider giving it to a pitcher. I think, I think it's honestly a no brainer for Swanson. Uh, and Swanson is not as good as Albies. At least he hasn't been to this point in time. And that tells you like, if you could get Swanson for this exact same deal, you would do it immediately and not even think about it.
2: Yeah, I agree. And
1: he's, and he's not as good as Ozzy. At least, at, least, no, at least he hasn't been no, so far.
2: No, like, no, he's not, but he's been a reasonably productive player. He's a guy that I don't ha- hate having on the team. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: like he's in no,
2: like for that, for, 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 for that, for that amount of money all day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Day. It, it absolutely is crazy. Um, I do want to. I know I brought up Kingery earlier. Just for specifics, I want to bring up two comparisons to kind of put a cap on this a little bit. Scott Kingery, who was a bad major leaguer last year, just for the record, but it was before, quite bad. Yeah. Before he arrived, before he arrived, before he ever played a game, he signed for six years and twenty-four million dollars guaranteed with the Phillies. Then he had three club options, bringing the deal to a total of sixty-five million dollars total. So three club options for a total of forty-one million in three years. Those might get declined if he's this bad, obviously, but. At the very least, $24 million. He had not played a game. He was almost 24 when he signed it, so he was significantly older than Ozzy, who had already played yep. a full season of very, very good baseball. And the deal was signed a year ago. Generally, deals go up, not down. Um, and that, that's one comparison. The one that's Brave-centric that I saw somebody pass along that was actually interesting to me that I was not thinking about. How about, how about Anderton Simmons? Um, Simmons signed for seven years and $58 million. He had played 206 games with the Braves. Five years later, where you would think the deals would be going up, Ozzy had played almost the exact same amount of games, 225, so 19 more games than Simmons. And he actually has been better by Fangraph's war than Simmons was. And he got seven years, $35 So he got $23 million less of guaranteed money than Hamilton Simmons. And he's been better than Simmons. And he was younger than Simmons. And that's before... you even consider the team options, which are again incredibly team friendly. So that just—that's sort of the last point that I wanted to make. Like, and by the way, at least I did. We all praised the Simmons deal. There was not a lot oh, yeah. of negative blowback for the for the Simmons for the Simmons deal, and that that's worked out great. By the way, he
2: can't he can't hit, and, you know, all But all even
1: that's... that, even if you, even even if you, if you thought he couldn't hit, the deal Still was deal. so cheap that everybody liked it. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like this where everyone was like in universal approval of it. Like like Albie's. But in general, that had a positive approval rating. And that was five years ago for a lot more money for a guy who literally, you know, we weren't sure he could hit. I mean, obviously, he was an all-world defender, you know, Ozzie Smith-level defender, and we knew that. But, again, Ozzie was younger and better and signed for less. (laughs) It's just so crazy.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and again, great for the Braves. Ozzy is guaranteed to be a millionaire. There's not like so that's obviously great, but I'm again I'm still kind of just genuinely shocked and surprised that he that he signed it. But again, you know, if that's the decision he wants to make, I am more than happy to have him as our starting base, starting second baseman for you know the next you know close to a decade. I'm t- I'm in for it because you know he's a ton of fun to watch. I'm really happy he's going to be a brave. Uh, I think he's going to outperform his contract by a lot, and that's you know that's going to be a really good thing for the Braves going forward, assuming they actually you know do something with this gift that they were given.
1: Yeah, we can we can probably leave it there. Uh, last thing, Anthopoulos had a funny quote people sort of latched onto, saying that there was still a lot of room left for 2019. To add. <laughs> I heard, I saw that. People didn't like that very much, and I understand why. I I have made plenty it, of fun of the shop uh, on the shop and Isle stuff for the last two years. Um, and I, I endorse making fun of this as well. Frankly, uh, it is true though they do have money, and if you want to give them some credit, they did add money last year in the middle of the season. And I, I actually they, expect them to buy at some point this year somewhere. It won't it won't I'm, make up I'm, for it, but they do have the money.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the problem is is like I believe Anthopoulos in that I do think that he's looking for ways to add, but I also think that they have very rigid. Uh, evaluations on like how much they value players at versus what their contracts are like it's very i think it's very rigid i think it's been part of the problem it's just that this is what we're willing to offer end of yeah. story um I mean, and but, that's
1: and that's how you end up with a bullpen that is the way this bullpen is oh actually.
2: it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal i mean now some moves were made to hopefully make those a little better and there's some moves that could potentially be made going forward even internally that could make things better but the bullpen's pretty brutal right now uh, but the problem is like i believe that Aa believes what he's saying is that you know like you know we have this money and i'm intending to you know i'm willing i am willing to use it but it really comes across as insincere when you say it especially it's like kind of it sounds like a soundbite and it sounds like some you know it's it sounds like something that you're kind of coached to say you know what i mean because you know what the fan base is upset about and at some point you just kind of need to figure out how to Either change the you know change that narrative and like f- figure out a different way to present the information because when you keep saying we have all the, we we can still add we can still add it's you, you start getting collective eye rolls from the fan base and it's just I don't know it's just not the greatest look to me.
1: Yeah, I get why he said it. I just wanted to, I had it in the notes and wanted to at least say that out loud that he, uh, he he expressed that sentiment. Um, <laughs> Oh, Anthopolis. Um, anyway, I don't really blame him. But That's a different story for a different day. But it's just it's just right. one of those things. But Ozzy Albee's uh, Notes version, is he's now locked up for basically, if not all of his prime, most of his prime at fringe starter money. And he's going to be probably a lot better than that. So there you go. Yep. And we can leave it there for now. I do want to take a second to tell you guys to subscribe to this podcast, which includes this show, the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast on the same feed. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Tune in Radio, Spotify, Overcast, all those places. We should be anywhere that you'd like to listen to podcasts. If we are not, let me know that and I will get that fixed. But uh, we'll come back after the short break and talk about the, the actual rest of the week that took place surrounding the Atlanta Braves.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: All right, Eric, we're back. And um, now that we're Ozied out for now, um, now. it's sort now. of an interesting week of baseball. I don't want to go like, we don't have to go line by line through the entire week, but I have some notes on all of the games and some lineup stuff and some injuries and et cetera, et cetera. The big picture, the Braves had a winning week. They had a little bit of a downturn in the middle of the week, and then they finished strong. Um, what are your top line thoughts on what transpired? Because it was uh, sort of a weird one in that they went Colorado back to New York and then sort of up and down but finished up
2: bullpen's really rough uh, <laughs> uh, i mean it is it, it is, it is an adventure i am sad to say and it's it's weird that like luke jackson's actually been like one of the guys versus you know things haven't been quite he he had a he got babipped a little bit today where he had like you know like a, a tough grounder and a blue pit that ended up bringing a couple runs in but like that it's kind of hard for that stuff to you know be upset about that stuff but like Chad Sabatka like been getting hit really hard. Johnny Venters, as much as I want him oh, to man, come back it's and be great, he, it's he's really he's he, he's been really really bad. He's not. I mean, you know, he's. I I just think he's done, and I don't want him to be. I really don't, because coming back from all those armor injuries and actually, and he was really good last year too, you know, considering what he was. Right, like you know, he needs he, wasn't, to,
1: he needs to be used. Perfectly at this point, like he definitely should never face right-handed, pit, right-handed batters at any point. He, he, he um, was
2: get, he was he's been getting roughed up by lefties. That's what I mean. Days. I mean,
1: yeah. it, it, to be charitable to, to Johnny, he needs to be facing lefties only. Like he got obliterated by Pete Alonso um, with that deep, deep, deep home run earlier in the week. Um, I'll let you
2: know when it lands. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was that was a bad matchup. But even before that, you know, he walked he walked a lefty off the inning. So I'm not trying to absolve him. He's been bad. I, I hope he's not done. I kind of lean to the area that he might be. But at the very, very least, he needs to be an absolute and utter specialist, um, and that's being charitable.
2: Yeah, I just, I mean, and just like the way his stuff is moving, and just kind of what yeah, the pitches are even looking, it just doesn't—it doesn't even look like the part of a loogie, you know what I mean? It just doesn't. No. Like, and, and that's not really something you can really do very much anymore anyway. With the you know coming up in you know the future anyway, like guys like him are going to be fading out anyway. But it's. It's tough because you know you you root for a guy like that who's been through everything that he's been through, but I mean I don't I'm not it's it's I just don't I just don't see it happening, and it's it's frustrating because you want him to do well, but you know Wes Parsons has been has has done well out of the bullpen, and you know you've seen like decent performances out of Luke Jackson, but other than that, I mean Vizzy's already on the DL and he did, was looking a little you know it was scary at times AJ Minter. He, you hope that he's you know kind of back to full strength and, and performs well. Had a really good uh, really good ninth inning against the Mets, right? That was he he did pitch to them. Yeah, it was. Sorry, I, I was yes. kind of more paying attention to the recording. So you know, he, I mean, he had a good outing against the Mets, and that's always a good sign because you know you we need more live arms. Uh, I like the arms that they brought up. I, I like Jacob Webb uh, as a as a guy who can strike guys out. Uh, if you're looking for a guy who won't walk batters, I won't necessarily point you in his direction because he has been known to walk some guys. <laughs> That's uh, on brand
1: for the, uh, for this, for this bullpen to be fair. Yeah, but, but he
2: does, he does strike out a bunch of batters and you know, he's historically done that since he's joined the organization. No, I mean, yeah. it's
1: uh, just, just to just to a bit of clarity Webb and uh, Dan Winkler were recalled yep. um, when they set Newcomb down, Newcomb really struggled on Saturday and uh, he got sick to a four nothing lead that evaporated in a hurry. Brace won yeah, that like, game, but he was not the reason why they won it, and he was sent down to AAA. And, you yeah, your know, boy,
2: your boy Tukey, was the reason why they won that yeah, game. Yeah,
1: Tukey was fantastic in that game, but um, Newcomb, I don't want to go too deep into this, but how the mighty have fallen over about a 10 month period, you know, mid season last year, he was looking the part of like a number two starter, and now he's in AAA, um, because he can't throw strikes. So... All that to say, uh, and also Arroyas on the IL, which you mentioned briefly. So those guys, you know, Webb and Winkler are fresh arms, if nothing else. And Winkler, we couldn't figure out why he wasn't on the team already. So maybe well, maybe he'll be his old self. I'm not really sure what that's, what that's, what that's going to look like. But if nothing else, an infusion of uh, fresh life and uh, I guess some role-defining stuff. Because Mentor is now like the closer until Aroides comes back, if he ever does. Because Arroyas' shoulder, again, I guess he warmed up on Saturday and just couldn't go. Hadn't, hadn't pitched in a week. And then goes on, and then goes on the IL a week later. It's just always going to be this way, isn't it? Like it's just never going
2: to. I'm I'm just wondering if he's going to pitch much at all this season. At this point, you know what I mean? Does that like when, when it's just, there's been so little workload and he they managed him so carefully and he's still not right. Like I just don't I just don't see it happening. And I think that there's I would not be surprised if they if they were to make a trade for a bullpen arm. It happened sooner rather than like at the trade deadline. Because I mean they, they have you know they bring it they bring up Webb who. Honestly, he's more of a lottery. T- like you, it may or may not work out. Um, so Botka's kind of the same way. Like he's in the bullpen now. And at times last year, he looked amazing. You know, it's that upper 90s fastball and, you know, when the breaking ball is being thrown for strikes. But then he's had some outings this year where you're just like, oh, dear God, please don't just only <laughs> give up one solo home run. You know what I mean? And, 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 he, and he's been really rough. Um, they have Corbin Klaus down in AAA. Uh, the, there is a bit of a problem. of There's, there's a, a bunch of lefties in the bullpen. Now, if you uh, decide to move on from Johnny Venters, that kind of solves part of that problem. But you know, he's a guy that I, I liked as a, as a relief prospect uh, down in Gwinnett. But if you're not moving these starting pitching prospects that you have into the bullpen, and the Braves just do not seem interested in doing that right now, um, which has kind of worked out. Right, like it's kind of you know they they brought they brought Tuki up that day and you know it was kind of unclear as to kind of when he was going to start and how that was going to work out and as it turns out he just took new he just took from spot in the rotation and performed really well.
1: Yeah, Tuki was outrageous in that game, which is uh, the reason why the Rays won. Um, I guess um other notes to hit on from the week. I don't this is not going to be a daily game recap podcast. uh, At least least, until until the playoffs arrive again. Um, they do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Wednesday's game got got snowed out in Denver, and that's going to be rescheduled for Monday, August 26th, which is brutal for the Braves because they now have to use one of their few off days down the stretch to fly to Denver in between series in New York and Toronto. They play on Sunday in New York and then Tuesday in Toronto, and they have to go to Denver in between. Granted, it's a day game on Sunday and a night game on Tuesday, but still you have to fly 2,000 miles at least um, in one direction and then 2,000 miles back. That's kind of brutal. I mean, it's a one-game it thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll leave half the roster at home. It's one of those weird things where, like, <laughs> yeah, send I'm the sure the starting watch. pitchers won't be traveling, but it's just it's just crazy.
2: Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it can't be as bad as that stretch the Braves had last year where they had, like, two games they had to make up. One was, like, a game against oh, the Cubs. Oh, they played and... every day for, like, weeks. Yeah, for, five like, a month. Weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was so, nuts. But
1: anyway, it, I just want to at least point that out that that was a, a, kind of a brutal scheduling thing, and we won't we'll probably forget that until August. And it's like, why are they playing every day? Oh yeah, that snow out. Why are they playing their one series of the year in April in Denver? I will never understand.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, someone just has to do it, and they keep but doing no, it. No, they don't like, know. They don't know. <laughs> they, they could they could
1: start, they, could, they could play division games in April. It, it, it should be a it should be a hard and fast rule that the cold weather the cold weather cities, you can only play a home series if it's against a divisional opponent. Or someone you play more than once. I just I can,
2: I g I, I I don't hate that. I don't hate it.
1: I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, who could have ever foreseen a snow out in April in Denver? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Anyway, sorry, I don't want to rant too. And to make it to make it more I guess it didn't have to be this It was the last day of the series, which makes it more unlucky in some ways. It could have been, you know, a doubleheader situation, but they just couldn't do that because it was the last day of the series. So anyway, um other things. Uh back to back days Thursday and Friday had some ugly starting pitching performances. Kevin Gosman was not very good on Thursday, and then Kyle Wright was not very good at all on Friday. I don't really worry about Wright. He got optioned downed as Tukey came back as Tukey came up. And Gosman was probably due for one. Like he was great in his first start and was not so good on Thursday. Anything worry about those two starts? I know Wright's gonna be you know, he's still a young guy, but was not particularly good in his first couple looks. Well when I, when I
2: we've talked about right on the podcast before. My concern has always been that he seems to lose his command the second time through the order. And like, he'll be great for three innings. And then after that, it's kind of a gamble as to what version of Kyle, Wright You get, and it seems like that's continuing the show right now. That, and that might just – I'm not sure if it's a fatigue thing or if it's just a, once he gets – he tries to change his approach that second time through the – you know, trying to incorporate a change up more, trying to pitch the batters differently. The second time through, he's not as aggressive and he kind of tries to nibble and he does – it's the same thing that kind of infuriates us about Nuka, is that He has this really good stuff and then he tries to like you know, exist on the fringes of the strike zone and I don't think he necessarily needs to do that. I, I, but he's not a guy that I worry about so much. It's just that it's – at the same time, he does have some risk and that, that's something that has been true since he's been a professional baseball player. Uh, in Gaussman's case, for him to be good in a start, his splitter has to be like something he can throw for strikes consistently and – This year and in, you know, the little bit we saw him in spring, like it just doesn't seem like he's been able to really do that. And I don't know if that's something to like, you know, there's a little he had he obviously had an injury and, you know, there's some rust involved. This is really keep in mind. It's the second week of April. So it's like, you know, drawing too many conclusions is kind of a dangerous thing to do anyway. But, you know, he just hasn't looked particularly crisp to me um it's the same it's the same thing with nukem it's just that you know it's not a question of you know how, how hard someone's throwing or that sort of stuff it's just whether or not like he's missing bats and like gaussman doesn't really seem to be he seems to be giving up a lot of contact and for guys like you know gaussman who seemingly have good stuff for guys like nukem that seemingly have good stuff and you're not missing bats there's kind of you wonder if something else is going on and what needs to be corrected so i don't i don't know i've I, I've always been like, "Hey, Gaussman's an, a, a perfectly reasonable rotation arm," but you know, I think that the, for the people who were like, you know, expecting him to be like a big upgrade in the rotation, I'm I'm much more skeptical about that.
1: Yeah, he's a three-four for me, which is fine, um, and we'll see. How, you know, the splitter is a good point that you're bringing up there. He was really good in the first start, but it hasn't looked as crisp. I agree, and the second start was obviously not very good. So we'll see how he looks moving forward. We just wanted to address that briefly. Um, more positively over the weekend. I guess Saturday and Sunday only, a couple of bombs, uh, back-to-back days, home runs from Markekis, which is more surprising, and then Donaldson, who is uh, coming out of it after some, uh, I guess, quote-unquote struggles early on. Um, Two two, two notes here before I I let you go. Markekis has not hit a home run in more than 250 plate appearances. He went like the last almost two months of last season without hitting a home run and then hadn't hit one at all this year until Saturday, and then he hit one two days in a row. But he's actually been... Good, like his yeah, numbers look good, good. and um, that first not, home
2: run he hit was a rocket.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not making fun of him. Honestly, it's just that I and mean, we, we talked about the power, the power, the power outage quite a bit last year, and it's just been so long and, it, and so many play appearances that it's worth noting. But like his stat cast profile looks good. He's hitting the ball really hard. His exit is up this year, even over last year, and he looks good again, and maybe he'll be able to keep that going with a little bit more rest. He's obviously had some off, some off days so far, and all the position moving around that Camargo is doing is going to allow some guys to take, take some rest, but he does look good so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, most of the lineup honestly looks really good if you're not looking at, you know, Ender and at all. Um, I oh mean, my, Eric. I don't, uh, I don't, I
1: don't want to uh, do I'm, it today.
2: You don't want to do it today? <laughs> we, ha- we have to, just because <laughs> I mean, um, of the
1: lineup thing, because the lineup finally changed on Sunday. They, they finally... Took Ender out of the leadoff spot against a righty, and they went with Ozzy. Obviously, they've been going with Ozzy against lefties all year, but now after Ender's really, really slow start again, they've gone with Ozzy on Sunday, and I guess it worked, quote unquote. I I, I hate that rationale, but it's just the right move, frankly.
2: Ozzy faced two different righties in this game. One was Jacob Degrom, the other one was Familia, and he got a single off Degrom and a triple off Familia. Yeah, I mean, and it's... And, and 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 the hardest contact that Ender Inciarte has made in the last week and a half was the bunt single that he put down tonight.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't mean I don't want to go. I mean, it's obviously I think people that listen to us know that we're not going to advocate a change based on one game's results. Right. But uh, Ender's been bad for a while. He he had a nice uptick. He's not but, he's not a leadoff hitter. He's, he's not. He, he, he's yeah, a valuable
2: I mean, baseball player.
1: I was tweeting about this off. the other day with someone. I think it might have been yesterday. I can't remember who it was. So my apologies if you if it was you. Um, oh, you I know, don't know. Maybe. The the upside of the upside of Ender is maybe he gets back to his three year form before last year when he was like a league average hitter. You know like you know high batting average guy, but with very little power. Um, that's like his ups. It's like it's not maybe not ceiling, but that's definitely a high-ranked outcome for him right now. And even that guy is not someone you're in love with as a leadoff hitter. So, you know, the notion that he needs to stay there just never made sense to any of us. We've been over this quite a few times. I understood it a little bit more when they were at least not leading him off against lefties. That was a move I endorsed. Still, I wouldn't have done it uh, um, at all. And I think. You know, I guess maybe it's a blessing in disguise to some degree that he started off slow and maybe Snicker, who we kind of know was the only one that wanted to do this. Anthopoulos kind of set on the record a couple times over the winter that he did not want NCRT to lead off. Um, not, not, not in that many terms, but he, he was kind of pushing for Acuna, and he was certainly not in the NCRT camp publicly. So I think, if nothing else, this might have pushed Schnitt away from that. So if you want to count that as a positive... By all means, I do. You know, Ender's, Ender's better than this. I think. Um, yeah, I'm not, we're I agree. i not, not, not trying to kill not him. This bad. Yeah. No, we're not. And and honestly, it's worth pointing out again that he is someone because he is so good as a defender at a premium position. You can afford for him not to hit well, and he's still a valuable player. Especially but,
2: with Dansby's hitting, that's the yeah, thing. That, like, yeah. That that was the
1: big thing we talked about over the winter. Like it's tough to have two dead spots, but if Dansby's hitting, then that really helps. But Ender should be hitting eighth, frankly, or ninth. Um, they tried ninth last year. I kind of like that for someone like Ender and his profile. I'm not sure that Snicker liked that because, in fact, I don't think he, I think he even said that he didn't like it. But um, if there was ever a guy in this lap that you might want to go to a ninth spot, it could be Ender. Um, regardless, he should be hitting at the bottom of the order. That's kind of. We knew that, we yeah, knew that already, it, and we're just going to say it again
2: now. <laughs> well, well, it's just – it's concerning for me that not like – now that we have access to StatCast and like there's so much publicly available information, when Nick Barquickis' average sprint speed is a mile-per-hour faster than you are and you're like – your is is, and your game is like base – predicated off like base running and speed and like that's kind of the approach that you take. That makes things really tough when you're like trying to lay down bunts and beat out infield singles and you're just not going to do it, you know. And then you also have one of the lowest exit velocities on the team, and it's and it's not it's, it's not just all the other guys are hitting the ball really hard. We have a few guys who are. I mean, Ozzy Acuna, Donaldson, Freddie, they're all hitting the ball really hard. Mark Hick is too. But when you have a guy like Ender who's just – nothing in his profile looks good right now.
1: No, if you, if <laughs> if you look at the baseball does. savant stuff – and look at everyone else in the order, and then look at Ender. It's like, oh my, it's Jar. And again, it's two weeks. I'm not, yeah. this, we're not small, piling small on too much hole. here. It's just, when you go from a pretty low baseline already, it makes it, um, it's, I mean, I'm sure there's some confirmation bias in there somewhere, but again, even at his peak as a hitter, he was not an overwhelming hitter. He was someone who hit for, who hit, who hit for a high batting average, so people got really excited, the 200 hits, all that stuff. There's a lot of value in that, and if you can guarantee me then he hits 300 with a 350 on base percentage, that's pretty useful. But yep. when compared to guys like Ozzy or Ronald, he's not as good as those guys. Even at his absolute peak, he's just not going to be as valuable. And with the way that pe- teams are approaching this stuff, they you know power does matter. It matters less at lead off, but it does matter. Like you have to take that all new all into account. It's not only about batting average and getting on. you know his on base percentage was fine. 350 is very solid. But if you combine that with no power and all that stuff, it's it's a little bit rough. So, you know, I, I was willing to get that the benefit of the doubt at the beginning of the season because they went with Ozzy against lefties. My my cross was always going to be Ender against lefties was insane, um, and they at least didn't do that. And now. We'll see how long this lasts. You know, Ozzy's been really good. I mean, what the have you made of s- Ozzy's left-handed swing? Because he's he's looked pretty good. Oh yeah, it's, it's-
2: he's he's shortened things up a little bit, and he's. I mean, again, he's 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 looked good against righties. He's, he just has. I mean, it might not always be his strongest suit. Like his his right-handed swing's better. You know what I mean? Like he 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 clearly is more at ease driving the ball when he's batting as a righty. But I mean, he, left-handed swing, he's made some he's, you know made some adjustments where he can kind of ca- catch up on you know that those high fastballs that he started getting a heavy dose of. For like basically most of the second half uh, last year, and he, you know he's seems like he's he seems like he's just a different a different hitter from the right side. He seems like he's put in a lot of work, which is great because you know the Braves needed it. I mean, Camargo's kind of the same way. He's you know that his left-handed swing's getting better too. And when you have when you have those guys making those adjustments, and you are trying to play matchups, you start running out of ex- um, places where Ender is particularly valuable. I mean, Ender hasn't been really good against anybody you know lefties or righties this year and you have a guy like Camargo on your bench right now where you can just you can put him in left field and he's been in the we we, we talked about this in the offseason that we were hoping that Camargo was going to get time in the in, in the outfield he's seen games out there and he hasn't looked he has not looked bad out there at all It's
1: been fun yep yep and huge arm we all, we know that i mean yeah, he's got a cannon <laughs> The thing is like i'm not going to come on here now after 2 weeks and just I, i've seen some people like calling for Ender to like be a backup now I'm not there yet. I I understand some of that. Um, I think you have to keep in mind his defensive value is really good. Mm-hmm. And if you if you pair him and Acuna together in the outfield, you're very good on defense. I know Martínez yeah. has some limitations, but with with, with positioning, all that stuff, that's a really good defensive outfield. And that takes a hit a little bit when you when you go to Camargo. You know, even with Ronnie in center, Ender's really good on, on defense. So I, I understand the impulse to do that sometimes. And I am I've been totally fine with the free use of Ender in the outfield and giving NCRT days off and Marquez Marquez the same I also would not right now in the middle of April make Ender a bench player and no. make him a bit guy I'm not I'm not quite there for that yet if he, if he doesn't hit he, then, he's know, he's not
2: a, he's not a 150 hitter that's just not No
1: if, if it's June and he's you know with a 60, 60 wrc plus then we could talk about it but until then you know he's still providing enough value where you kind of just got to leave him there and the whole point again is to have Camargo be someone who can play everywhere and give everybody days off. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed on that. On that. It's it's going and, well so far. But yeah, uh, we, we,
2: we, I was getting some angry tweets as like, "Where's Camargo? Where's Camargo?" That he's first playing week, all of, the time, and now he's playing all the time, which is what he should be doing, and he's doing just fine. At a you know, had him had himself you know an, a hit RBI in this game, drew a walk. He's just the same dude he's been, and he can play everywhere. As long as he's continually like continually getting time all over the place, he was at shortstop tonight. We've seen him in left field. We'll, we'll we'll see him at third base. We'll um I if as long as I continue to do this and we keep seeing the lineups that we've seen re- recently most of the time, uh, then uh, I have there's really nothing to complain about. The the team's playing well and this offense is clicking. You just have to hope that the you know the bullpen doesn't you know give up five runs.
1: Yeah, he has, 30, he has 30 play appearances. It's April 14th. He's playing plenty enough. Yep. Um, he got sort of a slow start, but has been heating up a little bit recently. I'm not worried at all about, about Camargo. And he'll play enough. And this is without an injury. I mean, someone along the way is going to get hurt. That's just the way that this works. Some I don't know who it's going to be, but someone's going to get hurt.
2: <laughs> if it could stop being the catchers, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. But, I mean, one of these guys... Outside of catcher, we'll get hurt at some point this season, and then you're going to see Camargo every day for as long as that guy's out. So no worries, he's going to play. He's going to play enough um, quickly on the guys that, um, to various degrees, got kind of shaded for slow starts. And I'm using slow starts in giant quotations right now. Josh Johnson is now fully broken out. Has a 131 WRC plus um, now with um, you know with with some real power. Um, no worries at all there it was never bad you know his stack profile was always good he was, hit, he was hitting the ball hard just getting a little bit unlucky early on he's now broken out and of course the good son Ronnie Acuna those were the my sophomore favorite. slump <laughs> Eric the sophomore <laughs> no. slump of 2019 no, that, uh, wasn't
2: even, that wasn't even my favorite one of those did you see this 92.9 tweet oh no no, Since you know. Ronald Acuna signed his hundred million dollar oh. contract extension, he only has two hits and has struck out four times. Well, here's, it, was, uh, it was it was like a three game sample, and uh,
1: yeah, here is Ronald Acuna's slash line for the season: three hundred two, four hundred thirty one, six hundred forty two. Oh, he has five home runs. It's April fourteenth. Um, two steals as well, and a 174 WRC plus.
2: Is that good, Brad? Is that good? Uh, I
1: think it is. Yes, he's very yes. good at the baseball. No worries about Ronald Acuna. <laughs> I wanted to at least bring that up. So Donaldson and Acuna still good. Donaldson was, I guess, a little bit more worrisome because he was actually a little bit older. But if you looked at the profile, it was he was still different.
2: hit. He was still hitting the ball hard. Like, yeah, it was, it was, I, if you actually watch the games, then you're like, concern. well, yeah. I mean, he almost killed a couple pitchers. You know, like a couple line drives. That the only reason they caught him is because they were trying to preserve their. You know, long term health. Being. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's he, those guys are fine and no worries. And we'll we'll at some point do a deeper dive into some like early season trends when we don't have a thirty minute Ozzy obvious conversation on the podcast. But uh, just some stuff that I wanted at least briefly hit on. A um, couple news items before we get out of here. Fulty's coming back pretty soon. Um, Mark Bowman did some projected starters. These have not been announced yet. The Braves have not announced their starters for this sh- for this week. Bowman was guessing and said Tuesday, Max Freed, Wednesday, Kevin Gosman Thursday, Tuki Toussaint, Friday, Julio Tehran, and Saturday, Mike Fultonavich, because Fulte has one more rehab start yeah, on Monday in Gwinnett. So, Snicker said he wanted to see him throw seven innings or 90 pitches. I don't know which... That's kind of a weird uh, delineation line. But um, he's getting there, and obviously, Fulte being healthy and good would be very helpful, considering he's the best pitcher on the team.
2: Yeah, I mean, and... His first start, Gwinnett, was obviously really good. It was like five no-hit innings or whatever. second one was a little bit not quite as good. But, like, you don't worry. You just worry about them being healthy and that their stuff looking good. In AAA, you know, in the minors, rehab, since weird things happen, and, you know, you're, you're trying to, like, hey, I want to work on this pitch and only this pitch to see how that's coming out. You know, it's just – it's not – they're not treating it a lot of times like normal starts. They're trying to figure out like, hey, if I throw my breaking ball this many more times than normal, how does my arm feel and things like that. It's just, it's just what happens. So, you know, you can't really read into the results too much. And, you know, hopefully after this next one where he kind of, you know, can air it out and see how things work and he'll be back soon because the, the starters aren't necessarily concerned, but it would be nice to kind of have another guy who's a little bit more consistent in there right now.
1: Yeah, so we just named the five projected guys for this week. That includes Folti. Another guy that could be on the the horizon is your son, Mike Soroka. Yes. Who is – he wasn't quite as good on Friday after being dominant before that, but still, like, he's coming pretty soon here, and – If he's healthy, I think he is a safer bet to be good right away than someone like Kyle Wright, for instance. Um, Tuki, we just saw be great, so I can't really say that necessarily, but Soroka would be someone you have to consider for a rotation spot if he's available to come back and do that. He's going to be coming pretty soon. I'd imagine he'll be up at some point soon if he's healthy and good.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the Braves could like, you know, if they want to especially add like fold in extra off days for some of these pitchers, you oh, know, it's going rota- to
1: be like an eight man rotation. For yeah,
2: one, I think. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to be seeing a lot of different guys, which is like a lot of people were asking me kind of like how many innings are these pitchers going to throw? And I'd give these low numbers and they're like, well, we need guys throwing 200 innings. And I'm like, I will be shocked if anyone on this team gets 200 innings this year because there's gonna was be s- the one
1: guy that had a chance and then he got hurt. So, no, that's not going to happen anymore.
2: Yeah, it's. I just really feel like, I mean, some, I mean, some pitchers are feel very strongly about, you know, I need to be pitching every fifth day because that's just my routine. But the way this team's constructed, especially with all these starting pitching prospects and who they're going to be char, like it's going to be next man up. You know, they're going to give everyone opportunities, giving guys rest. And, you know, maybe they'll be doing a little bullpen stints here and there just to kind of keep their arms fresh if need be. But, you know, Soroka's another guy obviously I'm very high on, and I I do think he's healthy, and hopefully it's – you know, it's something where he'll, you know, he'll get his opportunity again. It just, can, it's just kind of weird right now, is to kind of, especially with Max Freed pitching so well. He's been insane.
1: He's been like, lights out. Yeah, like, like untouchable. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, back, back-to-back starts of just absolutely unhittable nonsense from Max Freed. I'm not sure it's going to continue, but he's been really good, man. Uh,
2: well, I mean, look, if he's throwing his curveball and his fastball for strikes. I don't know yeah. what you, because because I mean his changeup you don't I mean at that point you don't have you don't really want to throw your changeup for strikes you just want to throw it because they think it's the fastball and when he's piping ninety six in there and you start swinging it and you realize oh that's eighty <laughs> four you are like there's nothing you can really do even if it's you know even if it's off the plate it makes it makes it really hard for righties to square him up and you know he's already kind of impossible for lefties so it. If he's throwing them both for strikes and, you know, he has his blister issues under control, I mean, he we've always thought he could be really, really good. He had the, the best stuff in the system probably right behind Tukey just in terms of raw stuff. But it's just, you know, these blister issues and just command issues that he had, and right now he just looks unhittable. I mean, i have you see these, like, three-pitch at-bats he has where it's just like, you know, he throws 97, he throws 95 in, and then he just throws that hook, and, like, the batter looks like he's about to fall over. <laughs>
1: You know, yeah, he's, been, just, he's been genuinely absurd. I mean it's it's a small sample, but he's been really, really good. So I guess to your point earlier, I think you said this, but the stars haven't been the problem. The stars have been not like ridiculously great or anything other than Freed, but they've been they've not they've been, been awful. They've um, had some yeah, bad there's
2: been some bad starts, but there's yeah. been also some like you know, like like Julio has had like left before that awful inning he had in Colorado, he was like good in that first part of that I mean, starting. His
1: ERA is four seven one right now. And the majority of the bad stuff from that is that one inning in Colorado. Um yeah. he I don't think he was very good today necessarily, but again, six innings, one on run. Like he didn't look great again, but he kind of <sighs> You know, it's just what it is. He's, like he, he's been acceptable so far. Yeah,
2: he, he's just kind of the guy that defies the babip gods. You know, he's just—I don't know what it, I mean. But being a flyball pitcher is just always a dangerous thing because if you're a little bit off, you're you're no longer a flyball pitcher. You're a batting practice pitcher, and like you know, we've seen games where that's what happens to Julio. But
1: well, he had he had 100% strike rate today, by the way. Just for that's one of those things where like <laughs> that—that's not gonna always happen. But his, you know, but his you'll fly, take it. His,
2: And his slider has looked legitimately like a very good pitch this year. Fastball, not so much. No, No, he's
1: been he's been better in the overall sense. But when you're sitting, you know, ninety. Let's let's be charitable. Ninety-one fastball. I mean, it's 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 not ninety ninety-one. And you gotta you gotta locate it, or you're absolutely gonna get bludgeoned. Um, That's kind of where you are. I mean, he's fine. I don't want to go too deep into Julio either, but you know, they they have seven or eight, maybe even nine starters. If you get into the Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright zone, you get into like nine or ten starters, yeah. who are available, which is kind of insane. Um, you know, the five guys this week plus Soroka, Wright, Wilson, uh, Newcomb is still yeah. available. He's still around. <laughs> yeah, like
2: you kind of forget. Like, well, yeah, Newcomb's still actually a player. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: like, oh, Sean Newcomb who had a like a mid 2 ERA through July of last season in the majors. Um, so yeah, a lot of arms doesn't necessarily mean. And I'm still on the corner. That that, that does not mean that you're going to be like great as a rotation as i mean that the rotation is a strength this year because that's that's one of my points that i made in march was there's a lot of talent in the rotation it might be good but i this is not a strength of, of the team in my opinion right now as an overall standing that I could not think
2: should, yeah and i don't think but i don't think it's going to kill the team either no, that's, 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 that's,
1: that's kind of where i was going like i think it's going to be okay it won't be this overwhelming strength unless folty just full team capital letters again, that'd be really helpful. And Max
2: Free wins rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or, or well well, I guess he can't now, but See, yeah, he's. Yeah. I, don't
1: think, I don't think he's eligible. Yeah, but he's still not, he's not um cool. he's really good. Anyway, we're, we're rambling now, but it's uh I think in generally a pretty good week for the Braves. I'm every couple days tweeting out like a, a list of the five projection systems that I that I look at. And every every couple days it goes up a win or two. Like that now the Braves are projected to win somewhere in the 86 win range when it was actually 83 or 84 um two weeks ago so it's ticking up that means generally positive things are happening if it's not always in the standings they're winning games and this week was a four and two week you know of all the frustrations that were happening in the middle of the week with the snow out and then back-to-back losses you still won four out of six games and that's all you need to do
2: yep and right now the division kind of looks like what we kind of thought it was going to be very close I mean the, 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 the Philadelphia the Braves and the Mets are separated by half a game right now which like is like no uh, no one no one's running away with anything. The Braves are staying just with everybody, and they haven't. And this is with you know a kind of a slow start from Donaldson, <laughs> a quote unquote slow start from from Acuna, and okay. you know having all these issues in the bullpen. If you know there, there's room for more from this club, so you know there's nothing to be concerned about. I don't think
1: not yeah, yet the, well the, bull, the bullpen is the only concern i have like the actual concern that i have is the bullpen but
2: yeah but i, I just feel yeah. like some of these guys just, there's just no possible way they stay employed i just I just don't uh either. yeah
1: i tend to agree it's going to be a different group in a couple of weeks if not months for sure yeah um we'll talk more about there, more more about that when it comes but eric we've probably done enough since it's now midnight or so on the uh, on the east coast please plug yourself i know we talked about road, road to Atlanta a little bit earlier but please sell that and anything else that you would like to tell people where they can follow your work my friend
2: Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Leprechaun with a K. Uh, if you have trouble finding me, just look in Brad's mentions and someone – I'll eventually be making fun of him about something. Um, also, the podcast that I host each week is The Road to Atlanta, which is a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. Uh, that comes out every Thursday evening, and uh, I'm trying to line up a guest this week. I was kind of hoping that I, there was one in particular, but I haven't heard back on, from that individual yet. But I'm going to try to have someone on the show – for for this week uh beyond just the normal hosts uh Matt Powers Garav Vidak and I are doing that show uh it's a lot of fun we talk a lot about prospects kind of recapping the week and then we'll delve into you know specific issues and you know we try to have a lot a, a pretty guest heavy show as well just because you want to get as many perspectives on prospects and honestly you can only talk about the same prospects over and over again on a weekly basis without you know having some sort of weird or new angle on it so that's what we're trying to accomplish it's been a lot of fun bringing the show back. Uh, and yeah, so just make sure you listen to that each week and all you have to do is to listen to that is to be subscribed to whatever feed you subscribe to a talking shop on because it's in the same feed and you'll be able to download it and make sure you download it.
1: Yep. Please subscribe via whatever podcast platform that you would like to leave five star feedback. That really helps us as well. But, um, grab your friend's phone and subscribe on that, on that phone yep, or your do that. wife's phone or your husband's phone or your son's phone or your daughter's phone, whatever you want to do, get creative and help us out. I really appreciate that. Let's game the system together. Absolutely. I don't normally recommend that, but let's just go ahead and do that now. midnight yeah. I, I don't really yeah. care anymore. Uh, no, just game.
2: Uh, just, just, just game. Just game it.
1: But uh, yeah. Li- also, listen. It'd be helpful if you listen to the podcast. If you don't like me, Road to Atlanta is the place to avoid me. Um, and please <laughs> subscribe to this podcast and, develop, and download, and you can avoid me at all costs. So, um, Eric, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk very, very soon. And uh, people, will even if you don't like listen to this podcast, you can hear you can hear Eric in a couple of days, probably on Road to Atlanta. So it's coming. we mm-hmm.